Okay, so I just started the recording right now. Okay, so we can pick up from where uh, we left off just a second ago. Um, so as far as the, the day that um, your son disappeared, um, so you, you were tracing his steps that day and, and trying to figure out where he was and who he was with. So tell me more about that. Yeah, I, um, what happened, um, really the main, I, I just, some of that stuff followed the day behind. The, the day that I went to go find him, I, I didn't leave here until about six o'clock at night. And because my mom had already, she was known to t say that he had ran away and he would be right around the block. They just would be in an argument or something like that. So I was thinking in my, in my head, I'm like, really? Like she finna call me way down here because I lived an hour away, you know, and I'm like, <clears throat> for me to go around the block to pick him up, which, you know, but I, I, what I remember so vividly that night is the way I was driving on the highway. Like I was like, I, I remember looking at the dashboard, I was doing almost 110 10 miles per hour. And I, I didn't even know if it was because I was upset that she was calling me like that or, but I just remember going so fast down that the highway. And when I got there, and I'm looking and then when they when they were like, well, they, they're saying Jabez wit witnessed the murder. And I'm thinking to myself, all these, he had said this to all these people and not nobody, because that night that he witnessed the murder, it when Travis was actually laying on the ground, Jabez admitted that he seen the murder in front of several people at the scene of the murder. Okay, so 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 let, let me let me just kind of rewind this a little bit, just for uh, just for those who may not have any idea of what what happened with you know with with um, Travis and and with all right. of that. Okay, I want you to explain to me what murder is it believed that he saw. What do you believe took place after that? So when you say okay. and actually let, let me just ask you this really quickly. Okay. The murder of this individual that is believed that he believed is believed to have seen. What was the time frame between that murder and when your son disappeared? So just kind of go through that so people who don't know about the case can understand what's happening. Okay, so mm -hmm. approximately a week before. I mean, just they were a week apart. The week prior to Jabez coming up missing, we had a young man in the community, Travis Combs, that was murdered. Okay, they robbed, they killed him, they took his car whatever else they took. Um, and Jabez just happened that night. My mom noticed because Jabez was going, she, I guess they have like this little store that they can go to where the, you know, where the little lady sells the candy and the sodas. Well, he said he was going to get a soda. And my mom said she heard the gunshots. And when she ran out the door, she seen Jabez coming from another, not down the street that J that Travis was was um, on, but he was coming off the uh, the 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 opposite street running. And she asked him, she was like, "Did you see anything?" And he told her no. But when he was at the at the scene, and I've talked to people when he w walked down, when the the cops got there and everybody was out there and all the community was out there, he told several people he knew who had killed him and he seen it. And nobody ever, nobody ever came back and said, you know, one lady told me she was like, I, he told me, he said that he's seen it, but I told him 
to hush his mouth, don't say that no more. To be quiet. But all, it, 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 and that's not even just one person. It was a numerous amount of people that knew. Then we were asking his friends, which I know a 14-year-old is not going to hang around his friends and know that information and not tell it to somebody. If you told it to somebody, if you were talking about it in a crowd of people, you definitely are going to talk about it with your private circle. Mm -hmm. and, and so just to be go ahead. Yes, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Okay. And just to be clear, um, did your son, was he ever involved in anything? Did he ever have any trouble with anyone? Is there any particular reason why someone would be targeting him aside from what you believe is the shooting situation? No, no. Um, and like I said, I, I, I've, I did due diligent work on, on, on this case. And it's, I, everything that's here, everything, everything is leading up to just one particular spot. It, it is no other, other leads to anything else. It's, it, it leads to this particular moment when Travis was killed. And I think that, you know, they were in fear because Javez was very close with Travis because Travis is actually, my brother has kids with his cousin. So we're, that's how he was down at the cookout that, that day. All of us know each other. So it's not like it would be far-fetched for him um, not to know exactly who it was, who Travis was. So that night, I mean, it, when, when they told me he had witnessed a murder that night, and for a whole week, for a whole week, this community went through, and, and I'm not saying it wasn't because of fear, because I, I, you know, it took me a long time to get there, but basically they, 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 they didn't come back and tell information that, that could have probably saved his life. And then because they didn't say anything, they let his body lay there for a whole year and a half. A whole year and a half. We will never be able to see. We would never be able to, to see an open casket, anything from that, you know. So we we as we were searching, as we were looking, we had a witness come forward, came and talked to my mother. He came and talked to my sister. He came and talked to my private investigator and told the names of the people that had robbed Travis told him. My mom knew him. He was like, I'm going to walk down there. Two days later, the police got in contact with him and he said he hadn't said anything. And you told three individuals who it was. Name the people. So, so what it boils down to is you believe that there's this fear of snitching or, or the, the, the whole idea of that and maybe people are just afraid to come forward because they're, they're thinking they're going to have a target on their back too or something? Or I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, you got to, I think people have to understand if a person can look in the eyes of a 14 year old and kill them, that's a different type of beast. That's, that's just a totally different monster from my standards. I mean, at one point he had to at least maybe beg maybe for his life with nobody being there. Like, I think that's probably one of the main things that, that could hurt anybody with 
a child that's either missing or, you know, you're not there to protect them in their final moments, you know, and the people that were, were said to have hurt him, he trusted them. He trusted him. He didn't think he didn't think his life was in danger like that. So you he wouldn't, that. Have, he wouldn't have been out playing basketball and and going to parties if he felt like he was in danger by any of them. He wouldn't have been doing all that. So you believe you believe that your son knew his killers? I believe he knew his killers. Definitely that. I believe that it was a. I believe that the people that that he uh, some of the people that he trusted the most is the ones that put him in the predicament to be killed. Okay. What I'm going to do is see if I can um, get y'all to scoot in just a little bit more. I guess I don't know if y'all without being on top of each other. Sorry. I just want to make sure. Okay. Um, so now th this was Labor Day weekend. Um, so when did you find out? that your son's body, his remains were found and what, what happened then? Um, we found, well, that, that weekend, uh, it, he was found the 16th and we, I didn't find out until the 19th. Um, but that weekend I was, I remember getting an odd call and I was like, wow, that's, that's a little, that's, that's, that's odd. The question that was asked by the detective, um, and I, I can't, I really can't elaborate too, you know, deep on that. So that Monday I was still calling and like, Hey, I got clues. I, you know, cause if people understood the magnitude of the eight, 18 months of, um, of searching for Jabez, it, it, it just, it, it's unreal. You know, the, the, the turmoil that people take you through. So that Monday, I I was still deep in deep in like I had never given up. I had never stopped or anything. So she called. I think it was that Tuesday, and she was like, "Are you at your mom's house?" And she had never asked me that, and it was late. Mm -hmm. And I knew she was like, "Well, can you be down here in like an hour?" So that whole ride down, I I was telling Joe, I was like, she's not gonna call me down here for for nothing. And so when we got when when I got there, all we were all sitting outside before they um came up and my my mom just was shaking. And I knew by the way when the detective that had been um, looking relentlessly um, with me, I knew when she looked at me like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to tell you this." And so, when they said it, I don't even know if I responded correctly. I still was just so in shock. I was like, "Where?" Because I had looked for him everywhere. Like, where was he? And one of the main things, the reason I wanted to find him is because I didn't want his body to be discovered without somebody being there with him. 
just in case they found him. And he was all alone, even when, even through that process. And he just took a really long journey by himself. His, his body, his spirit, he just took a really long journey by himself. And I remember my sister calling me one day. I was, I was in the woods and she was crying so hard. And she, and she told me, she was like, you know, I should have did this and I should have did that. And, and I carried that too with, with us, you know, we all carried that. Like it was our fault that it had happened to him. And I had to literally snap out of it and tell her, like, there was no decision that none of us would have made to cause this. You know, the, some in the community, I, I remember being at a basketball court and I was asking the kids, they had the ones that had seen Jabez at the basketball court. The last, one of the last times people had seen him and, one of the little girls told me, she was like, my mom said, maybe if you would have been a better mom, he wouldn't have been dead. And I'm just like, I'm not going to carry that burden. I got enough to carry. I'm not carrying that burden with me. The decision to take Jabez's life was solely on people that were desperate not to be caught by a whole nother crime. And they took him and the future that he had for himself. And that's the only thing I'm mad about. Like you took all his memories that he was supposed to create. So, as you know, when I was going through the whole situation, I was upset with God. I was, I, I just wasn't feeling him. I didn't want to talk to him. He was not, I didn't want to be friends with him. And I grew up in the church, but I just could not reckon with myself. How could a, per, how could a God of a universe creating the stars? Oh, why would you give a burden like this to somebody? Like, that's not any loving God that I would want to serve. But I was angry. I was very, very angry. Just for him to, to for me to be picked for a test like that. So one day, I just, I broke down and I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to go through the process regardless. If you have to take him like this, or if, because I knew at one point just by being, I knew Jabez was gone a while ago. I could feel something missing inside of myself. You know what I'm saying? I just could feel it. It's almost like you're missing a lung, or, or, or I don't know how to explain it, but you know that something is gone. And I told God, I said, you know, if, if you're going to give me, this pain at least give it some type of purpose you know what i'm saying so that's why you know um we created the um jabez fan foundation because even though jabez was is considered a, a, a murder case i could be 
upset about the murder, but the murder doesn't do as much to me as when he was missing. That's just a, it's a totally different element of pain that most people cannot understand. And, and it's torturing. And I talk to these women, I talk to these parents that are, have been missing their children for nine and 10 years. I, I went to events where the one lady was missing her child since 1978. A void inside of her since 1978. And she still cries as though she lost that baby yesterday. People do not know the significance and the, the magnitude of the pain that comes with missing children. And I found mine, but what about the rest of these parents? What about, what about the siblings? You know, what about all these children that have to go through? They don't even know how to process this. As adults, we don't know how to process it. So I'm going to devote myself to, to, to keeping awareness, you know, in the forefront, prevention, recovery, resources, whatever we have to do. Jabez, Jabez is going to help in a lot, a lot of different ways. We've, um, we've put together workshops that we've um, did in front of educators. Um, we're supposed to go back and do some more educators. We did um, for Mother's Day. We did a Mother's Day giveaway for missing children's moms that, you know, just to let them know they're not forgotten. Just to let them know that somebody else is thinking of them in that moment. Because when I was looking for Jabez, I went through all our resources. Credit cards maxed out. I'm talking about it was hard. I I was literally on fumes looking for him. Quit my job because I couldn't sit there in an office. I'm looking at people giggling and kikiing around me and I just want to cry because I don't know what's going on. I'm on the phone with the detectives like 24-7. Nobody can't concentrate on a job like that. And people have to go, people don't feel, people don't understand that these people have to go on a regular basis with this on top of life. Life is already stressful, but on top of life, you have to have this enormous burden. And it's in, it's really not real to people until a story is told, until somebody's drawn in. But what I'm trying to tell people is that we can kind of prevent this also, but we also need, to, for the people that are going through this, we need to let let people know that there's other people there for them. So I'm hoping that that through a story, through the pain that you know my family had to endure, that somebody else is touched, somebody else is is given a a chance to express themselves. I mean, this this is becoming an epidemic. Sex trafficking is on the rise. We have organ harvesting. I mean, this is not going away. This is becoming a big business. And mm -hmm. if if people don't really open their eyes to it, there it's it's not like we're losing a set of keys. We're losing whole human beings. That's a whole different 
ballpark. You wake up tomorrow and one of your kids are just disappeared out of your house. It doesn't, I, I guess it doesn't set well until it's 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 hitting home, but it, it, it's hitting home to a lot of different places, especially minority communities. Mm -hmm. Because they're not, nobody cares as much about and, and I'm not throwing the race card. I'm, I'm, this is from experience what I'm speaking from. Mm -hmm. um, there, nobody's doing, Jabez was, Jabez had a lot of, of exposure and I thank God for that. But there's a lot, a lot of minority children that's not getting that exposure like that. I had, and I'm not gonna mention any names, um, but I had, it was two cases that happened while Jabez first came up missing. One was right in the same county we were in. This and this was a voluntary kidnapping. It was like, it really wasn't even a kidnapping. She went on her own, all over major major news. I mean major news. And then I see this other college kid. She. You know, she comes up missing. She did. They did find her her remains. But I'm looking at her on these major, and I'm also getting in contact with these major news companies. And I'm asking them, hey, can we do a story on this? And he, he didn't. He didn't fit the criteria. He didn't fit the well, criteria. I, so, what, what was the response when you approached them with Jabez's story? What was what they, what happened? They said that they couldn't do it because my private investigator wouldn't talk and he couldn't talk at that time because it was still an investigation going on and he couldn't get on camera. So how did that make you feel? I just felt as though it. It, it, it doesn't have a geographic standpoint. It doesn't have it's not like you know, it's not like a, 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 a zip code type of thing or area code type of thing. When someone comes up missing or when someone takes a child, they're not looking at whether or not your um, parents went to PTA or if your mom was in prison. They don't care about that. But I can tell you every child, no matter where, what color, creed, background, whatever they have, they deserve the same exposure as any other child. So it was hard for me not to pull, it was hard for me not to say the, the race thing a little bit because both of those cases were not African-American children, mm -hmm. not melanated, not melanated children, I would say. Okay. And, and I'm not saying they didn't deserve the exposure. I never, I would never say anything like that. I'm just saying it should be equal across the board there's a there there's just as many i mean washington dc has an uh, outpour of missing children right now mm -hmm. of melanated children and I we hear don't hear anything about them at all some it's a lot of people missing children right now and because they don't have maybe the right resources or the right strings to pull or maybe they don't know the person that know the person that know the person their mm -hmm. children that doesn't get exposed. That's mm. 
that we got to be better than that. We got to be better than that. We could save so much more children if it was so, so much more. I mean, even with the Amber Alert, a lot of people was like, why didn't Jabez go up under the Amber Alert? Because the Amber Alert is so, it has not, it has pretty strict rules, but because he was not under immediate danger, he wasn't, there was no need to, but the Amber Alert might have would have, it might have would have saved him because it would have went into different places that and made more people alert and they might have seen something that you know what i mean and somebody might have seen something say hey i i seen this little boy you know and so right now i'm on a i'm on a mission um i don't i know i can't save the world we're merging with some human trafficking organizations we're not going to stop. I don't care if I got to put just a dent in the mountain. That's fine with me. But I'm going to I'm going to keep pushing and I would advise all other parents with missing children also if this is something that 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 hits your spirit is strength in numbers. Is strength in numbers. Um so, you know what, let me ask you this. Okay, so I have a few questions. I want to make sure we get through them really quick. Okay. And actually, what I really want to do is make sure this video is right. But I think you guys are close enough to where you, you should be good. Okay. <laughs> Just give no time. I think y'all are there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, now, now, when it comes to um, when your son was found, how far away from home were his remains located? Were they way far away or just like? Close, not too, not too far from home. I'm just curious. They were not. They were in the county, county over. So what? About an hour away or something like that? No, no. He about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. About 20 minutes away from home. Yeah, actually, um, him and Jabez. I, I was, I was probably maybe 200 feet away from Jabez maybe 100 feet away from him. And it's two crazy things. The the car that they took from Travis, Jabez, was, <laughs> it, it, they took it somewhere and they burned it. He was right down the road from the car. Wow. He was right down the so, road. So, yeah. Yeah, let me ask you about the searches. Mm -hmm. How many searches did you do... <laughs> Did you have any indication of like, what about people who came out to help? Tell me about your searches and how all of that went. Well, at first we had, we had, we had about maybe 60 people. It went down after a while. It definitely wasn't like the, the searches that I see on TV for missing children. Like, um, but it, we had, we had for the support that we had, I thank God for it. And after a while it, you know, it got back to me that they had, they were sending certain individuals out to find out where we were we were searching so i had to make the searches private okay so it, it, it went from all of those people to just me and the private investigator and mm -hmm. when i say i have i literally it's unreal how much land i've covered in sarasota bradington palmetto and all of these, even Venice, Northport, I have every, almost every day I was up like at like, what about 
nine or ten, searching all day until about seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yeah, so, so as far as as far as the investigation, what can you say? Or what police? What are police telling you right now that you can say in this podcast? That's the problem. They're they're not. They're very tight lipped on on this one. They're very tight lipped. Well, yeah. they at least. Are they saying that they're getting leads or anything of any kind? I mean, at the very yeah. least. Yeah, they they do have some things that they're going going off of right now. They do have some things that they're going off of right now. But I, I again, I can't. They won't really inform me um, of everything that's going on. And in a sense, I'm I'm okay with that because I can't. I I will say something about Sarasota County. When I say they made this this case personal. I've seen, I've literally seen a motion out of from the captains to the detective to the FBI agents. I'm talking about they this case was like personal to them. It almost seemed like at one point like Jabez belonged to everybody on in in the Sarasota um, County Police Force. And I and I wouldn't I honestly, you know, people like, you know, I don't think the police did enough. I know how many people I had on my side when I was searching for my son. I know the community community can say what they don't think was happening, but if you were involved, then you probably would have known what was going on. But since mm-hmm. y'all separated yourself from me, it was only it was only a couple resources that I had, and Sarasota Police Department was definitely one of them. So everybody's like trying to throw the blame. Oh, they didn't, they wouldn't have did. Y'all, none of you, you guys are talking. Nobody's talking in the community. So how are you going to throw a bomb at the police when they trying to do the best they can without the resources that they should have from the community? Y'all mm-hmm. should be, able, y'all, you guys should have been able to step in and help them with this case. But y'all, mm-hmm. They left you. They left us high to dry, out high to dry. So it wasn't like I don't really. When people say something about Sarasota Police Department in the Jabez fan case, I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear it. I okay, don't. I hear you there. So let, let me let me switch gears a little bit so people can get some other perspective. Uh, so tell me about Jabez. What was he like? What did he like to do? You know what what were his his dreams and aspirations just so people can have a perspective of what he was like was like as a person um very very lively he when i when i think of jabez he just was all boy like all all start, wait, start, start over because you a little bit start over really quick because you, you broke I, up okay go ahead can you hear me now yeah okay, okay. when so i think I about jabez he just was all boy like the uh, all-American boy, like the football player, the 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 quarterback, you know, he just was all boy. He he wrestled with his his friends. He he was the leader of his teams. Like loved to joke around, prank people. Um, very, he was just a very stand-up type of little guy, you know. And everybody just thought. I, I mean, I literally, in in my head, I thought he was going to the NFL. To, and, and it's not because I'm just like this mom, like, oh, my baby was good. No, he Jabez at one point was carrying 
whole teams by himself. Like one of the teams that he played for after he came up missing, they literally had to shut the team down because they couldn't function the team without Javez. Mm. So wow. he played. He was so he he was so excited he because he he wanted to play for Sarasota High. That was that was his thing because everybody wanted him to go to review, but he wanted to play, he he kept saying he wanted to go to Sarasota High. And you know, football was just his life. He was like you know if you ever seen um what is that um not Friday but um, Boys in the Hood, Ricky, with that football all the time, that was Jabez, like always carrying around a football, always just sports, period. And his and his friends, I thought at that time, absolutely adored him. I, I really did. They were over to my mom's house all the time. Um, I thought they were all just like brothers, but when it all came down to it, that was not the case. Was he? He was a good student too. Was he involved in any, anything, any other activities? He was. Was he an honor roll student or anything like that? I'm just curious about what yeah, his he, academic. He was a pretty. He was a pretty decent student. He actually was the um, teacher's assistant when he came up missing. He was a teacher's assistant. His um, yeah, his teacher kind of took it, you know, really hard because Jabez was really trying to. He was um assisting and helping other students in the in the classroom. So tell me about the impact of his disappearance and murder and what that has done to your family, the structure of your family and how you guys function now. Um, I can say I do think now it's 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 now starting to be some healing. But when everybody was when it was like going through it, like one of my brothers, he had um, he had stopped drinking for like 15, 16 years and he relapsed off of it. Um, it just was a, a lot of turmoil. My sister was angry. It just, it was just, it, it was tearing everybody apart. Nobody could really focus the way that they needed to. Um, my mom literally, and I think it, out of everybody that is still affecting the most, I think she's the one that it's affecting still the most and she just doesn't want to say it or she's internalizing it because my mom is down to like a hundred pounds. Like she, her appetite, she just, cause that she's had him since he was four or five months old. And he always, you know, that that's granny, like, and he told her, you know, when I make it, I'm going to buy you a big old beautiful home. She always said that's when he was missing. So it just, it, it it's a ripple effect. It don't, when, it, when people make a decision to, to kill or to, to kidnap children or, or anybody at that matter, but children, it's, um, it's not the decision you make isn't just affecting that one point. It just affects a whole slew of things like the community was in an uproar. Everybody was being questioned and, and people were stepping back because they thought I was too aggressive because I'm trying to find out questions. And I mean, I, I literally think like I don't really I, I don't I know. That they couldn't have realized how much of an effect it was going to be 
when they made the decision to kill Travis. Travis was like the catapult of everything. But when they killed Jabez, it really made it worse for them. That was probably the worst decision they could have made out of the whole situation. And and they're going to find that out. They're going to find that out soon. That that was probably the worst mistake they probably could have could have made. They would have been better off just feeding him candy for the rest of his life. Mm. Now let's just um let's just kind of clarify some things for transparency sake. Um, I know that when we were talking before, you said you kind of had a an interesting relationship with the media and how you you know in, in different interviews and things like that, and kind of how you were have the relationship that you had. So talk to me about that and. Um, and why you think it's important for you to really express yourself in this interview right now? Um, when I when I first when when Jabez was missing, a lot of people were basically saying because of my past, that's why he he died. And people, you know, I I don't think people realize the effect of words. I don't think, that, or if they're if if they're even thinking at the time of speaking. So I had, um, I did an interview, a, a brief interview with um, Nancy Grace, because I didn't trust the media. Um, sometimes the media can can take what you're trying to display and turn it into something totally different than what you're, what you need to say. So I was very cautious on who I talked to. Um, and on top of that, I didn't want everybody to know exactly what I was doing. So I kept myself very tight knit um as in expressing myself so i had came i was talking to nancy grace um and her entourage is awesome first of all and they've done an enormous amount for jabez but i was talking when they first got in contact with me it was one of the the um reporters and before she could even get it out i told him i said listen jabez was born in prison um and she asked me, she was like, why did you tell me that? I, and I told her, I said, first of all, the first thing that people come to do, no matter, and it's, it, it's crazy. The first thing they come to do is tear down the character of the people that's hurting. Hmm. You know, it, it, what, it, what does my past have to do with somebody killing him? Those two don't even go together. And, and but that's I, the thing go ahead. And, and that's the thing I want to make sure we clarify from the time that the time that you were you spent time in prison to the time of when your son passed away when he was murdered. What is that time frame? And so people are clear about what you went to jail for and the time span between when you were in prison and had that other life going on compared to when your son passed away. Can you just clarify that? Because some people may think those things are related. They could just assume that, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I went to prison in 2002. Jabez was born in 2002. Um, I went because I was I was young and foolish and I was making um, bad decisions that had nothing to do with my upbringing. It didn't have anything to do with, but what my environment was. And it took me a while to get away from a lot of stuff like that, but, um, a lot of people always say, hey, I want to see you do better. But when you're when they see you doing better, they always want to suck you back into that. Oh, what about when? But I want to clarify that whatever I did had no bearing on what happened 
with Jabez. It just wasn't a decision of mine. If if any decision would have been made about what happened in Jabez, he'd still be here. I wouldn't even be talking to anybody. I it wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even be an advocate for missing children because I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how it felt. So I tell that to people. This is one reason because I had I was talking to an executive director and for missing children in Missouri, awesome lady, and I told her the same thing. So just in case people work with me, they don't have a surprise on who I was there. They know that who they're working with has been through some things and this is where I'm going for work from. If you have to hold my 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 past against me, then you don't need to work with me anyways, because I have a vision to help others and I can't I can't be in the I can't be standing in the past or explaining that to everybody. I can tell you what it is and I can keep going forward. And and she told me she was like, you know, one of the one of the organization, nonprofit organizations, you know, they they were when their son went missing and he was like, you know, we're in the PTA and and she mentioned that and I was like, you don't have to be in the PTA. You don't have to be a soccer mom. You don't have to be in the choir for your child to come up missing. This is affecting all different types of people. It's not just one type of person it's it's affecting. You know what I'm saying? I'm still Mm -hmm. a mom. No matter what I went through in my life, it still hurts me to this day what has happened to Jabez. And that doesn't, that shouldn't affect, that shouldn't have effect on what I've been, what I've been through. It's like they turn it into, instead of me being the victim, I'm the person that, that should be taking the blame. And that's not right. That's not, and it, I mean, but I, I do understand through this whole process, I've dealt, dealing with different people and different mind frames. People are silly and they're ignorant sometimes and, and they say things that they really don't realize that can can really transform someone's life if they're not tough enough. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to people in the community who do have information, who have not come forward? What are your words for those folks? If you think that there is a person out here that has killed one person and then came behind and killed another person and the second one is a child if that if you rather for that to run around the community than to not speak up i would say that doesn't make sense you have a we we got as a as a community and i didn't understand it, we got a responsibility of the children in, in our neighborhoods you know and if you're teaching your children, oh, well, he shouldn't have been talking or this is it's it's all it is, is it's going to backfire. I'm waiting for this. I'm I, not waiting, but I'm almost for certain that I will be hearing about either another situation that has something to do with these people shortly, because once you get a, once they get a hope to that, that taste of blood. They think they're invincible right now. Mm-hmm. And, as, and, and, and if the community has anything to say or any information you're holding back, you're helping them to make themselves invincible. That's all I'm going to say on 
And what's going to happen is somebody else's child is going to end up getting hurt because Jabez was not in agreement to what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So if there's another child that's not in agreement with what they want to do, it's going to be just as easy because mm -hmm. now they feel like they know what to do and how to get rid of a child or any human being. So I've asked before, if you want me to ask again, I mean, if you come, come and give information, if not, if, if, if you don't want to give information just because of your bed, give information just to get them off the streets. That's just give, give some information to give them off the street. If they did something else, and it's not related to but give that information just get them off the streets i'm gonna get closure one way or the other i i i know that it's not it's not something that i've ever doubted i'm gonna get closure but i'm telling the community that you guys need to take them off the streets that this is reckless behavior and it's like no compassion towards human life at all Travis had one son and his son has to grow up without a father now. Mm -hmm. One child. Wow. I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Um, tell me about the shirt. Explain your t-shirt to me about the Jabez. Excuse me. <laughs> tell me about your shirt and the Jabez Fan mm -hmm. Foundation. Uh, so tell, what, what do the puzzle pieces mean? Explain that to me. So every, the, all the children, um, if one piece is missing, we're missing a piece of the puzzle. So mm -hmm. it, that's why we call it piecing in the puzzle because every child makes a piece of the, the puzzle to make the puzzle complete. So we did an event, it was an awareness event. We had um, all sorts of vendors come out um, from mentoring, to child safety kits, human trafficking. Um, we just had a whole bunch of people come out and we did dedications to all the fallen angels, anybody that was killed by domestic, I mean, not domestic, but violence in the community. We had a roll call for them um, to honor them. We also had a mother come out that actually, while Jabez, Jabez came up missing Labor Day, her son came up missing Memorial Day and she came out to speak. And it was crazy because they found a body before the, uh, a couple months before Jabez and didn't even know it was her son until after Jabez was um, buried. So she came out and spoke. Um, the piecing of the puzzle also goes with a workshop that we we put together and created. So the workshop actually um, tells the story of a couple other missing children that have made an impact on the missing um just the missing children's community then we go into prevention on things that we can do and we have the police we have a a police or a detective come out and from their standpoint tell them what they do for the community just in case anybody comes up missing and, and they're so um then we do a recovery and the recovery is one of the major parts for me because a lot of people don't realize that there has to be at some point, even if your child is missing, everybody 
that goes through that needs to see some type of counseling, some type of help to process their feelings, to process um, what they're going through and have someone to, you know, effectively say, hey, it's okay um, because you're angry you're and you're sad and you're and it's just a lot of different emotions. So we have that and we um, also have a, a children's book called Where's My Brother? And it's from the perspective of children, because I think that most people don't really understand, even though my kids were older, I, I when I went to um, the missing children's in Florida, I seen these siblings, I mean, these little kids that were just walking around and, and you know, they had the shirts of their brother on and, and, you know, the parents had the t-shirts and I'm thinking to myself like, whoa, like, what do you tell these kids? How do they process that at being such a young age? So I wrote a book um, that addresses, it's, it's just about, it's from a, like a 10 years, 10 year old perspective about how it must look to see their family kind of go downhill and the, and the, and the feelings that they feel as though that when they're seeing their mom and their father and how their brother's missing and stuff like that. So um, the Jabez foundation is, is really trying to um it's 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 trying to just hit the hearts of of most people that most most of the time they wouldn't like the reason for this interview is because people have to sometimes feel it's hard for it's hard for you to see i grew up with looking at kids on missing children milk milk cartons and you know what i'm talking about so it's like we see those, but we can't attach a feeling to those. But when when I when I get on here and I can I literally when we first started this interview, I was drained because every time I go through reliving it, it literally takes like so much out of you. But I'm also hoping that projects to other people and let them feel that this I'm a human. You know, and, and, and these are real feelings and and it needs to be transferred to other other individuals that this is this is this is just a different type of, of, of pain. So we are with our foundation, we're hoping to hit a lot of different areas. I I mean, like I said, I have so many different contacts right now that we're we're trying to work with and get things together and get us out and about to for people to to know what we're really trying to do. Trying to do. Um, you know, as you've gone through this whole entire process of, of looking for your son and the investigation and the community and everything that has happened, is there anything that you would have done differently that you wish you could have done differently? <laughs> probably a lot of stuff, but it's it's one thing. I know this probably might not seem it, it's very to anybody else but it just so stands out to me um we were working with a median a psychic right mm -hmm. and the the picture the psychic drew it was it, it was all it was saying that jabez was on the side of, of of the canal so we were looking for jabez with the with we were trying to look for canals to find him on the side of this canal that they, you know, they might have buried in or dumped him in or something. And I'm like, 
what canal? What? So we were on the maps and everything. Jabez was found on the side of Canal Road. Ooh. And he had, and the median said that Jabez was telling him where he was. Wow. Jabez was found on the side of, he was telling us that he was on the side of Canal Road. We thought he was saying he was on the side of the canal. So oh, I, wish I, I wish I could have, that, I wish I could have looked at a little different in another eye perspective. <laughs> so. What? Wow, so yeah, you guys really did try everything. You went to the medium and everything. Wow. I had so many people. Um, I still have women right now that's that that just reaches out to me and and basically um, one of them have told me that um, he 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 can't he can't go forward until until I get healed, until I, until I'm healed, until I let it go, until I find out what's going on. Mm. And that kind of bothered me because I don't want him to be, if that is so, I wouldn't want him to be caught somewhere because I'm not, you know, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. I'll be okay <laughs> when somebody tells me what happened to my child. That's yeah. when I'll be okay. Is there anything that you would like to um, convey, or, or is there any one message that you want people, let me say this again. Is there any one message that you want people to take away from this entire interview, just that one thing? Please be aware of the people that have missing children. They suffer a whole different pain than most people. They walk around and I, I I can't express to you how, what pain it is, but I can tell you I've been there and for them to go through that on a daily basis, we have to bring some type of light to that. We have to, we have to give them some type of, of, of an opening door, letting people know that they still exist and there's resources and there's people pushing for them because it's such a lonely, lonely place to be in. And just the, just little things, even if it's Christmas, even if it's just stuff for their children, um, back to school, anything that would make their burden easier while enduring what they have to endure, that's what we need to be focused on. And, and, and definitely focus on the, the victims of um, sex trafficking. Okay. Is there, is there anything else that you would like to say or that you didn't get a chance to say? Um, just, just going to close them out. I know I haven't talked much, but one of the key things that it boils down to, life is extremely valuable and it's extremely precious. It doesn't come with an instruction book. It doesn't come with a guide. So we, we really have to take our time with people, especially our children, especially the generation that you know we're leaving this world for. Um, just know life is precious and, and everybody you encounter may not be the best for you, may not be safe for you. So be aware of your surroundings, be aware for your children's sake because nobody ever thinks this is gonna happen to them, never. And we hear stories and they go in one ear and they go right out the other and they don't stick. And I say that because I'm guilty of it. We've all heard of 
missing kids and we felt the emotion at the moment and then it's gone but it never really leaves the person that it affects and it's starting to affect more and more and more people so just take time uh appreciate life appreciate your loved ones while we can because you don't know you just don't know it could be tomorrow and your life has changed just like that do you think that you know in my experience with this so far as far as doing podcasts with missing persons cases and murder cases it's like some of them are missing persons and it becomes you know a murder case it, it seems to me that the one thing that i've taken away from all of this so far and all the people i've talked to is that they just want to know that people care they just want to know that people are thinking about their loved one they just want to know that their loved one is not forgotten do you think that's right you agree with that? I think that's very true. I think that that's that's one of the main things. I because I I conversate with so many missing children, moms and parents, and and um, sometimes I just call to check to see if they're okay because I've gotten close to some of them, and that's one of the things that they say. Like it seemed like they forgot about my baby, and I understand that after a while for police, it, it's probably harder to to do do as much when you when you run into a brick wall I understand that but there's other ways to to let people know that you're not forgotten um we're I'm trying to put a retreat together right now um so for a whole weekend to pamper like seven seven families for a whole weekend just to let them know you're not forgotten we're honoring your children and there's somebody that's there for you that that means a lot and i mean when i was going through everything i was going through i i literally felt like i was in the world by myself even though i had people around me and i knew that everybody couldn't understand what i was feeling but i i was feeling i felt alone and one of the main things that made me um happy was the missing children event in florida just for them to they treated us to dinner they made sure that they it was something about them pointing out hey we want to let you guys know that nobody has forgotten about you and that's important that's important so we want to be one of those organizations that that do that i mean i i don't care if it's if it's food they need if it's rent whatever it is if we can get the resource to them that's exactly what we're trying to pinpoint right now and um for all missing children's parents you are phenomenal 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 people i i honor i it's just an honor to be in the presence of any of you with the strength and the things that you endure and i mean that from the bottom of my heart i really do very well said. All right, I think uh, I think we covered everything up. down and all the way around, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me let me just go through my questions really quick because you know it was so funny. Like you're so good, I didn't have to ask very many questions. You just, oh. you just gave me it. You gave it all up. Okay. I do get. No, I, mean, I do kind of get to talking and just go to rambling. I'm sorry. No, no, actually, that just made it easier for me. So I'm just like, go on, let it go, let it go. Uh, <laughs> let me just make sure. Um, let me see, police and da-da-da. Do you uh, edit 
do you edit these videos? Oh, yeah, I have, okay. yeah, I have, final, I have final cut on my computer okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, so the nonprofit. Okay, uh, let me just clarify. So when did, when did the nonprofit start? Um, officially in August, but we've been um, actually working with the, we've actually been working as a nonprofit in Florida since March. But now uh, it's, it's, yeah, it was in March, it was, we started in March. We started in March. We became official 501c3 in August. Which is federal. Okay, so I can generically say they started they started the nonprofit this year. You know, yeah. just be, be right there. Okay. Okay. And then uh he was 14. Um what what was he like a fresh sophomore? Freshman? What, freshman. what grade was he? Okay. Freshman. He was a freshman. Uh freshman at what school did he go to? Well, at that what time, he, he would have been going to Riverview. It was it Riverview High School or something like that? Mm -hmm. Okay, just I just get get some notes about him. Okay, uh, it was Labor Day weekend. Um, he's one of three boys, right? Yes, the baby of three boys. Uh, youngest of three boys. Three boys. Um, just want to make sure I got all the little other uh, little facts here. Um, we got that. You even talked about organ harvesting because I had a question like, oh, you gave it to gave me that. So that's cool. <laughs> that's kind of it is wild though, because like that's one of those things I've been trying to do an episode about that, but it's it's hard to it's like one of those things that you know happens, but you it's hard to try to prove it's happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, and so it's it's kind of one of those weird people like, oh, it's urban, urban legend or whatever. I'm like, no, nah, I think that stuff is no, really happening. I don't think that's no urban legend. I really truly don't. Matter of fact, um, is it I, I want I, I I'm not gonna quote it, but I think mm -hmm. I, I, I'm almost for certain. Do you know the um is it Renika? The the, the, the one that they found in the freezer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. You know her friend that was with her is dead now too. They found her in the woods and they were saying that her organs were taken out of her. Her now friend that was, that was that with her. Was that back east? Was that in Chicago? Or was that like in New York somewhere, like DC or something? I think it was Chicago. Yeah, yeah. the one she mm -hmm. like stumbled and she was the found girl, in the yeah, Girl, she was yeah. that night is gone is is dead. I don't know no too many kids of that age to stumble and fall into a freezer. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's, that's kind of like an, yeah, that's that's crazy. And I know there was a thousand. You know, we in the 2017-18. We don't just fall in the refrigerator with the latch that it just don't happen like that. It don't. Yeah, and I yeah, and I remember the one kid they replaced his, they took his organs out and put some paper in him or some yeah. body. That was yes. the dude wrapped in the uh, mat in the gym mat. Yeah, yeah, wrapped in the gym mat. So I mean, people don't think that stuff happens, but I'm like, Shh, man, yeah, I, I just think it's one thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Saying it's so underground because I know in other countries they have people over there selling their kidneys and all that kind of stuff. Big old signs that say you sell your kidneys, so and so money. So people are doing that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just one of those things that here I think it's so down low and so underground, but it's hard to somebody has to really give it up. You know what I'm saying? For for them to really for us to really be able to see what's really happening with it. Well, the but, thing that's that's why I was saying the thing about with the lower community kids and, and people that's missing in the lower community and they don't have any um, news media, it's easy to take their organs because nobody is going to really complain about them being, nobody's putting that on, on front page. And one, I'm not saying it, but black people are already athletic, they're, they're, they were gifted you know what I'm saying? So if if I if you run into a congressman and his daughter is is needs a heart, 
You don't think he gonna buy a hundred thousand dollar heart? He don't care if that child been snatched up from the hood. He doesn't care. Right. It's it, it's a it's it's big, but I don't I don't want to get into that big because <laughs> when it go to that big, somebody's 